Hello, and welcome to another episode of Storytime with Coach K. Today, I will be reading you an excerpt from the book Anxiety Relief for Teens, Essential CBT Skills and Mindfulness Practices to Overcome Anxiety and Stress. This book was written by Regine Galanti, Ph.D., Chapter 1, You Can Retrain Your Brain. Teenagers juggle a ton of social, academic, and family responsibilities, add stress and anxiety to the mix, and it's a wonder you get anything done. The fact that you're taking the time to read this is a pretty big first step. It means you're ready to make some changes. CBT and mindfulness will give you the skills you need to make those changes and be the person you want to be. But first, let's take a step back and look at what, look at what exactly it is you're wanting to change. Exploring this part of yourself may not be easy, but self-awareness is an important first step to positive change. Where does anxiety come from? Anxiety is more common than you might think. It affects one in three teens, which means a good number of your classmates are dealing with similar problems. Researchers know that a mix of nature, your genetics, and nurture, your environment, influences how, when, and why anxiety shows up. Anxiety often runs in families, so that's a point for nature, Yet we also know that stressful life, events like a big move, a parent's divorce, or breakup can also play a big role. Some anxiety is good for us. In fact, humans are hardwired to feel fear as a survival mechanism. It's our brain's natural reaction to dangerous situations. We even has, have a physical response to it called fight, flight, or freeze. This response sets up to defend ourselves, to escape, or to stop. Think of a deer in headlights when faced with an outside threat. It's an instinct that keeps our species alive for generations. But this same instinct can become a problem when the fight, fight, flee, freeze response goes off too often without any real danger triggers. Think of it like this. A caveman's fear of lions is good for his survival. Your fear of talking to that cute new kid in class is probably not as helpful. Forms of anxiety. Anxiety can take many different forms. Some are physical, some are more related to mental worry, and some only manifest in specific situations. If you did the anxiety quiz, the following defines these different types of anxiety. Generalized anxiety disorder is when you worry excessively about everyday things like home, school, or friends. These worries are difficult to control. You may expect the worst of situations or agonize more than others about things like an upcoming exam or a fight with a friend. Social anxiety is a fear of being negatively judged or rejected by other people. You may worry about acting stupid or being boring, and this fear often leads you to avoid social interactions or situations where others might be watching. Separation anxiety is a fear of being away from people close to you, typically your parents. You might get anxious at just the thought of not being with them or imagine that the worst will happen when you're apart. Phobias are an intense fear of specific situations, often to the point of being irrational because the fear does not match the reality of the threat. They typically focus on animals, insects, germs, extreme weather, or enclosed spaces. While it's normal to feel uncomfortable with these situations, most people can face them and go about their lives. With phobias, you may go out of your way to completely avoid these uncomfortable situations, even if you realize the fear is irrational. Panic attacks are the physical manifestation of anxiety, where sudden, intense, and uncomfortable physical sensations make you feel like you're having a heart attack or going crazy. After having one panic attack, you may become fearful of having more, which is the hallmark of panic disorder. 
when fear of these panic attacks is so crippling that you stop going to school or leaving the house or will go or will only go to places with specific people that's called agoraphobia obsessive compulsive disorder or ocd involves thoughts that stick in your head and cause distress for example the chair is teeming with germs the thoughts become so obsessive that you feel you must do something say avoid the chair and wash your hands this behavior is called compulsion while compulsive behavior behavior makes you feel better in the short term it can actually lead to more obsessions that only make you more anxious causing you to engage in even more compulsive behavior as you go through this book you'll learn that different skills will be useful for different types of anxiety for example of how certain skills can be applied to various manif manifestations of anxiety, check out the appendix where I've laid out some sample programs. So, what are CBT and mindfulness? Cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, is a set of skills designed to change the thoughts, the cognitive part, the, and actions, the behavior patterns that get in the way of living a full and healthy life. The aim of CBT is to help you become your own therapist and the skills are practical goal oriented and can be practiced every day while some cbt strategies focus on changing thoughts or behaviors others are rooted in mindfulness or awareness and acceptance based approaches you may have noticed that when you're anxious about something your thoughts are everywhere but here you fret about the past or about how things could go wrong in the future mindfulness helps focus your attention on whatever you're doing right now in the present moment acceptance strategies help you cope with and even accept uncomfortable situations or emotions that you can't control or change well they this may seem counterintuitive since the anxiety you're experiencing is exactly what you're trying to escape it's actually that desire to escape the present moment that often causes anguish focusing your full attention on the present and accepting your discomfort can help you realize that the thing you're trying to get away from is not as overwhelming as you thought it would be. CBT works. CBT is shown to work for all types of anxiety, but these skills can also be helpful for other negative emotions such as depression and anger. We also know it can help improve sleep, reduce chronic pain, help people with eating disorders and with addiction, and help people manage ticks and skin picking. In my practice, the goal is to build a toolbox. When you have a comprehensive toolbox, you can fix most problems. Hanging a picture, grab a hammer, building furniture, get the drill. The right CBT and mindfulness tools can apply for most parts of your life. And once you start using them, you can start feeling, thinking, and acting like the person you want to be. One thing that amazes me is how quickly CBT works. A high school sophomore came in recently complaining that her stomach was constantly upset. She had been to multiple doctors who had ruled out any physical illness. We, we quickly pinpointed how her worry about getting nauseous was making her even more nauseous and how she was avoiding places where she might start thinking about her stomach problems. We put a plan in place where she began to face her fears by going places where she felt nauseous and she used coping skills to manage her anxiety when she felt it coming on. She went from having these symptoms once a day to once a month and told me that they were way more manageable than she would, would have expected. She was confident in her new skills and sure that she could handle the symptoms when they did crop up. According to the book, here are some things you can do to retrain your brain. Track your anxiety. Self-awareness is something we will work on throughout this book. 
Since it is the foundation for managing difficult emotions and thoughts, one important way to manage anxiety is to, obs- to start observing when and how it is triggered. Here's how. One, start keeping a running list. Make notes of when you feel anxious and what happened right before or during. It doesn't have to be complicated. List the day, time, and what was going on. For example, you can write Tuesday, play rehearsal, heart racing. Two, pick a time of day to do your tracking. If you're worried that you'll be making notes all day long, then you can do this or track consistently for a day or two to give yourself a feel for a day in the life. Three, you can write in code or shorthand. This is helpful if you worry about other people seeing what you're writing. You can fill it in for yourself later when you're in private. Four, look for patterns. Writing down things will let you see patterns like times of day, events, or people involved, all details that help you identify triggers. If you notice that you're always anxious right before lunch, then boom, we found the trigger. Five, try to begin ranking how anxious you are on a scale of zero to 10. 10 is the most anxious you've ever been. Zero is the calmest. Just be aware that 10 is the ceiling. There's nothing higher than that. If you tell me you're afraid of heights and that standing on the second floor of the school was a 10, I'm going to ask, okay, well, what about the fifth floor? Is that the same? If the answer is no, that's a higher 10, then maybe the second floor is more like an eight. This is not an exact science, but it will give you a sense of how you experience anxiety in different situations. Monitor your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Start breaking down those emotions. This is a helpful way to begin understanding how you experience those three parts of the CBT model of anxiety. To begin, pick an event that happened recently that made you feel anxious. Ask yourself the following questions. What was I thinking when the situation happened? What was my physical reaction? What did I do? These questions seem easy, but don't be surprised if this is harder than you thought. It's a new way of thinking about anxiety, so it's common to struggle with pinpointing what you were thinking or feeling in any given moment or situation. It might be helpful to map things out as follows. Situation. I got anxious in math class on Wednesday when the teacher assigned hard homework. Thoughts. I won't be able to get any of it right, and I'll fail, or my friends will think I'm stupid if I ask them for help. Physical sensation. My muscles tensed up. Behavior. I procrastinated into the last minute and then rushed to finish. Getting in the habit of thinking about your triggers, thoughts, physical sensations, and behaviors will help you be more aware of them. More awareness equals more opportunity to make a dent in that anxiety. This is a good exercise to do once a week or so. Over time, you'll notice it gets easier to break down your emotions and experiences in this way.